It's the Paul Patterson and Tom Scallon podcast show. They're talking the walk and not about sloppy, sloppy Joes. So, talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk show. Welcome back to Talking the Walk. This is episode 17, Wade Boggs. And I am Paul Patterson. And I'm Tom Scallon. We, uh, you're, you're going to hear some pauses um, tonight just because of the fact that our internet, in both places, internet connection is unstable. So I apologize ahead of time with that. Um, and then, you know, we're, we picked a Monday night to record simply because that was the only time that we could um, agree to not be happy with the time that we were going to, uh, to record. So that's why we picked a Monday night. But we're going to, well, this week will be tough for you. You got a big, big day coming up on Thursday. So it's not like we're going we're gonna to be able to, to roll this out whenever we want this week, too. Well, I think Saturday. I'll be sitting around Saturday. Okay. That'll be good. That'll be good. And again, long pause right there because of internet connection issues. So I apologize for that. Um, of course, you heard Jake Brown and the original music. And, and as you were looking at our, our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on, you, you got to see Bailey Bishop's original artwork. And then uh, Tyler Stanley helping us out with you know, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and talking the walk if you want to go out and check those out and, and do some interacting that way. And then, of course, Joe Martin is our resident fact checker. Um, and then marketing soon to come, you know, with uh, a TBD with, uh, with Jeff Gravy, who has who agreed to do that for us. Um, I think I, I re real quick, throw out our non-sponsor, it's Peppers, and we'll talk more about that as we get ready to roll into the Popper Burger section of the, of the podcast tonight and, you know, explain why we threw Wade Boggs as the, uh, as the name of it. Um, so we'll move on to podcast confessional. Um, first one is, uh, and this is the one, that, this is one's for you. Um, I let the, the toilet paper come out the bottom of the roll. And I know that in some circles, that's going to end up being like, I'm a serial killer or something crazy like that. You know, it's going to say that I'm, you know, whatever type of person. But I just thought I would throw that out there that, that uh, I'm a out the bottom kind of guy. I don't know what the word for it is. Is it, it that's ergonomically incorrect? Is that the right word? I don't. You're pulling the paper up to put the paper down. That makes no sense. Do you know why I do it? It's two reasons. I, well, I don't. I don't know if I'm real interested in in everything that you do with the paper, but. <laughs> well, we we don't have to talk about it, but everybody knows what happens with it. Right? I mean, but the, the, yes. so the two reasons, one, that's just the way I've always done it. And I know that that's a terrible answer. But two, as you are rolling it, it then, as it comes out the bottom, it, you don't have to search for where it starts or where it ends because it just falls off. And now you know where that piece is. But you can do the same thing by rolling it forward slightly and then boom, there it is. Okay. I, I, yes, I don't disagree but that's the way I do it. So that's the first one. That's a confessional? That 
I left the toilet paper. I'd like to know, are you, are you toilet paper or are you like sandpaper toilet paper? Oh no, it's toilet paper. We, we had, we had quite the crisis here. Um, in the spring during the pandemic, <clears throat> we are fine with toilet paper. Christy goes to Fairway, runs into Jake. Jake starts doing his normal thing at Fairway while he's working. He is throwing things into Christy's grocery cart to, to buy. And one of the things that he throws in there is toilet paper. And she's like, we don't need toilet paper. We have toilet paper. And he's like, mom, you don't understand. We need toilet paper because we keep running out of toilet paper. So you got to have this toilet paper. That toilet paper sucked. It was absolutely awful. That's number one. And number two, it seemed to never end. We kept using it. It seemed like forever. It is finally gone. So we are, we're Quilted Northern. That's what we like to buy from Sam's Club, Quilted Northern. Um, we're like Scott's paper towels. We like it thin and rough. <laughs> That's fair. But I do I do believe they call that John Wayne toilet paper. Well, the, the issue is when you have some of the uh, young men that I have in my house that aren't very big, but miraculously can <laughs> fill the toilet up and clog it. You don't want a lot of toilet paper, that quilted stuff. That's just a, that's an accident waiting to happen. And, and, and obviously, you know, each their own, you got to have, you got to buy for what, what's right for you. And that's why we're, we're there with that. So toilet paper is a big deal. Um, one of the other things that, that I'm, I'm struggling with as I get older is calling and texting people back. There are, I can't tell you how many times I get a text message, I read it, I start to text back, something else happens, distracts me, and I forget to go back and finish typing that text out and sending it. Or like the other day, Kevin Ferguson called me, this was a week and a half ago, he calls me, I'm like, okay, I can't talk to him right now, but I'll call him back right after, right after uh, practice. Forgot. Did not remember to call him back. So I just, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that um, remembering. So if you send me a text or you call me and I don't call you back, you may have to you shoot me another text or, or call me again because I forgot. That's all there is to it. Um, you're going to say something I can tell. Well, I was going to say something. I couldn't tell if the internet was, was going to work because there was freezing going on. But uh, one, I feel like that could just be, a, it is a confessional, but it's also a way to get people off your back. You know, that, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, when really you could be like, I'm just not going to call anybody. No, and that's why I'm telling you to call me again or text me again. Sometimes it has to be a second time. Um, so... First day, last week, Monday, first time in work clothes. And I don't know, six months or whatever it is. High anxiety for me in the morning. Are they gonna fit? Are they not gonna fit? And as I told the boys on Monday night, first day MVP, the button on my pants because it was stressed and Second MVP, I mean, if you go, you know, and I don't know if you do like game one MVP, game two MVP was my belt, holding the button in place. Because I, as I told the boys, I'm pretty sure if that sucker would have went and I didn't have a belt on, we're talking concussion of whatever kid that hit. Because it was going to, there, there was some serious pressure there. 
So I thought that that was really good. Um, you know, for, from one, I was able to wear work clothes. They went on. And then two, my button held and I didn't need the belt to, uh, to keep it from injuring somebody. See, quarantine wasn't as bad as you thought. <laughs> Thank goodness for the reset button because otherwise I'm pretty sure I would have had to go shopping. Um, and then the last one, this one was a struggle for me. Um, Wednesday, <clears throat> get up, get ready in the morning, going to school, even though we were, we were remote. Um, and later on in the morning, I take my mask off because nobody's in my room, right? Because no kids are there. Jake is not there. And I look down and I realize I did not get all the toothpaste out of my beard. So there is a toothpaste spot on the inside of my mask. Thank goodness I had a mask on. And it ended up being on the inside so you couldn't see it. Embarrassing. So we're just finding out all sorts of benefits of masks. It, it, this just <laughs> needs to be how we, how we, the uh, you know the other thing I, I I don't chew gum, but I don't have to worry about my breath smelling because I'm not talking to anybody. I mean I, unless it's really potent and it gets through the mask, I don't have to do a booger check, you know because that's covered up too. So there are some benefits to that, not many, but there are some. All right, anything else from you as far as podcast confessional? Do you have any other than toilet paper out the top off the top? No, I you were talking texting. I've made a great step forward when it comes to texting. It used to be that I deleted all my texts, all of them. Once done, delete. And then Melanie kind of got on me because she's like, well, why don't you remember that? It's on that text strand. I'm like, I deleted it. Why didn't you do this? Deleted it, deleted it, deleted it. I have now started to archive certain group texts. Nice. Yeah. And that's a big step because I don't like things sitting on my phone. I feel like it's a to-do list, but in the archive section, I don't see it, so I feel okay. Okay, that's a good confessional out of you. I like it. Yeah, I like it. So some growth. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna move on to feedback. Um, I, I I really I got to be honest with you. We got to start with Cole Hopkins. Um, he he mixed. By the way, he was not very good at the trivia. Um, so that's that's one side note. But two, the uh, the fact that he. He sure wasn't very good at covering that re tight end. He wasn't very good at covering that tight end from DZG either. Man to man, Cole That's Hopkins. True. Man to man. Very true. Um, he also informed me that he missed jumping on as a guest appearance um, last time we did the the podcast because he he came over for lunch um, and and missed just by ten minutes, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, Todd Pearson. Yes. He, he threw some answers at me as far as the trivia goes. And so now Todd will get to hear, hear the answers later on tonight. Um, Jeff Grady, you know, sent a, uh, sent a, a couple of text messages about, about the podcast. Um, Jill Martin, um, she responded just, her big thing was, it, it's always nice to hear, you know, some of the behind the scenes, like what we do during the week and, and how that shakes out for us. You know, as far as the prep work going into a game, um, Eric Neeson threw uh, threw some some comments at us. Brad Criswell, this one wasn't wasn't directly intended as feedback, but he let us know at the Dare Golf outing that he ran into Brett Cermak 
Um, I do believe a 2003 graduate of Norwalk High School who listens to the podcast because he threw uh, a little Criswell corner at uh, Criswell. So thought that was kind of nice getting getting uh, Brad or uh, well Brad to say something and then and then him and Brett being able to talk about it. Um, heard from Peter Sands. Well, if we knew if we knew that if we knew that Brad was gonna uh, talk to Cermak at the golf outing, we could have warned Brad don't ever tear his necklace off of him during any sort of athletic event because then it's go time. Right, right. And had we known that earlier in his career, he might have set all the school records. Just rip that sucker off every time somehow get that done yeah the 22 necklace that he had 22 um and then brother-in-law mark parrington um had had a couple of funny text messages to us about us calling him out for telling us to shorten things up and um you know a few other things in there which was good i thought did you hear from anybody uh just the people that you've already mentioned okay um, high school sports, you know, I think the first thing is, you know, we, we got our first game in, uh, didn't go as planned. You know, we never plan on turning the ball over three times, having a pump block and losing 14 to 45. Um, I don't think that's ever in the, in the works. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a great opportunity for us to be out, you know, and one of the things that I was most excited about was the fact that, you know, we went from bright eyed, really, you know, almost saucer like eyes and, and very pale um, skin coloring to uh, down in the dumps, you know, when, when they were up 31 nothing at half. And then I thought we had some fight there in the second half. And, and we've got an awful lot of new people in, in the game. And, and I think it was important for us to make sure that we, we got them some experience. And they did that in the first half. And I thought they grew quite a bit. Um, and we've got another tough contest this Friday, you know, another intra-county rival with, uh, with Indianola coming to town. And it'll be our first of three scheduled home games. So that's an important thing. And, and, you know, if you're coming to the game, make sure that you pay attention to all the online ordering that you have to do and, and ticketing and things like that um, and get that taken care of. But it, it was it was awesome to be back in uh, um, in game like situations. You know, I mean, we got to play a game and I think that's that's important. Um, you know, the volleyball had a good week last week and had a tournament on Thursday, I do believe. And then they turned right around, they went to Southeast Polk and then they turned right around and went to Bondurant on Saturday and had another tournament um, and, and fared pretty well with that. First year head coach, Jenna Carpuck, and then um, girls swimming looked like they beat East handedly uh, in, in one of their city, city rivals. And then I do believe cross country finally gets the run this week. Now that it's cool. Um, I don't know which day though, Tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Okay, okay. Um, and then you know a couple other They're things. Running that, uh, running that DCG and running a little later, six thirty and seven. Okay. It, it, are they spacing people out? Is that why they're doing that? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, uh, you know, a couple of things to talk about this week. Number one, you know, if you want to look at three A, some of the things that took place football wise. You know, the the Pella over, or I mean, DCG over Pella score. That was significant. Um, you know, Grinnell has, has been highly touted as one of the best teams in 3A. And they got beat by, what, two scores to, at Harlan. Um, and now Harlan goes to Pella this week. So that'll be interesting to see what, what shakes out there. Um, our, our opponent that beat us Friday goes to Ballard. I think that's a big game. Um, and then there's a couple other games that are on the, on the corners that, that will be, be big. Um, so, you know, now – 
you start to get into that comparability um, scores and in that realm of of trying to figure out who's where and, and how things are going to shake out. You know, we we've got Indianola who lost to Dowling 25 to 14. Um, we're going to get to see you know where Carlisle shakes out with Ballard um, after Ballard's first week opponent and and I mean you just go down the list of trying to match people up and see see who's where and so we'll have a little bit of a measuring stick as we get ready to roll into district play and of course district play is a week from Friday uh, where we go to ADM so big week for us as far as getting better um, and some improvements and then there's a few big games across the state especially in PA uh, that we're excited to excited to see how those those play out and then the last thing in my opinion that we should talk about as far as high school sports right now is the um, the decisions that the association has made for some of those guys that have transferred in to play football. Uh, and really the two biggest ones, in my opinion, are the, are the Ankeny kid, uh, the kid that transferred in the Ankeny Hawks. He was the player of the year in the Kansas City metro area last year. And then Southeast Polk has got a big uh, a behemoth of an offensive lineman that, that's there that also has not been ruled eligible. So uh, both of them, I think, have, have filed some sort of um, court order uh, towards the association saying that it's not not right that they get to do that and we'll see what happens this week with things but uh, um, I just think that's an interesting way to do things. Obviously I haven't read all the association's bylaws but because I'm sure there's a lot of them um, it does seem strange to me that if people move and whether half the family's here and half the family's there, I don't know how that can be the rationale for their decision. You know, it, that means they're looking inside and most likely everything's fine with the family and yes, they split for football, but it sounds like um, only through hearsay do I say this, but it sounds like the Ankeny kid, um, the brothers that were left or the family members that were left are living with an uncle and he has custodial rights to them right now. So I, I don't know how the, if if that is the case, and if that's true, you know, because we don't get all the details, it'd be interesting to have all those details. And if it's a similar situation for the linemen from Southeast Polk, I don't know how they can look in the, and look into a family and say, well, you don't get to do that for this reason. You know, that, that seems tough when you've had people move from different school districts right here in Des Moines that aren't living any place really new, but they get eligible right away. You know, oh, we have this apartment at this address, you know, and then they're playing. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see this all play out. I don't get the Des Moines Register. I'm sure that's the only thing the Des Moines Register has to write about. Um, but I'll, I'd like to see the details. The, uh, the, the one that really, you know, it, it still bothers me a great deal is, is in 2015, we had a young man who left before his freshman year to, to live in, in Nebraska, divorced family. He comes back to live with dad and is deemed ineligible because he is, he is shifting households and not moving. And, and so we have him ruled ineligible, but we've got other kids who are moving from California, Colorado, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, Kansas, wherever that are coming in and, and they're eligible because they move and it just, they're looking at all of these now because there's such a spotlight on them because of all the things that are going on around us. And now they're, they're coming in and they're trying to rule on things. And that, that to me is, that's tough, you know, just because I think that young man um, 
got the short end of a of a bad rule. Um, and I think if they would have taken that much time, like they are right now with a couple of these, I think he would have been ruled eligible. But it didn't work out for us. So I, I'm I'm really anxious and not anxious, but just curious to see how how this will play out with everybody um, as far as that goes. You know, and then there were a couple other young men that uh, that were here uh, at a school that were going to play, and were told that if they played here. Uh, for their junior year, they would not be eligible to play back home their senior year, and so they decided to leave. They did not stay uh, for their junior year and decided to go back to their home state. So that was another one that was was interesting. And, you know, I, is it two hens a clucking when we talk about stuff like that, or is that just hearsay? What is that? Yeah. Well, I, I think two hens a clucking um, is a little different than hearsay. Okay. But okay. we're gossiping. We're gossiping. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That might get us some more listeners. Us, us doing the gossiping might get us some more. I find it interesting too about the juniors. If they legitimately moved here and um, legitimately moved back, I mean, so I think we have think, all sorts of kids that move in and leave and come back. And I think the you know, issue was going to be if they played here, what was going to happen if they moved back right after football season when that's that state's football season was going to be in the spring so they would they would have they would have essentially got two football seasons their junior year and i and i don't know if that had something to do with or not i did not get all the details um with that i just i just know the end result that they moved that makes sense i mean that's just a 90-day rule i mean that well i don't know if that makes sense i mean right now if i move from Norwalk to Dallas Center, I get a play. And then if our family moves back to Norwalk, I get a play. Because yeah, but we I, I guess have I, an address there. But, but you wouldn't get to play if, if you moved from um, Norwalk your junior year, right? So you play football season in Norwalk your junior year. Then you move to Illinois, who's playing in the spring, and you play football as a junior for your second football season, your junior year, isn't that your four eligible seasons? That's what I guess that would be the thing that I was thinking. That then that I would make you ineligible. Years. Is it seasons? I don't know. That I don't know. See, I don't know the answer. We have to talk to Krolik. I I think we've had a soccer player that's moved. Maybe that was a foreign exchange student. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to rationalize how that could be the case. I guess is what I'm trying to do. And I don't know if I'm doing a very good job of it, but that's the only thing I could grasp at would be you had, you had your four seasons, you know, you don't get a fifth in, uh, in high school. So the only factual thing that we know is that there's some crazy things coming down with transfer right now. Right now. Yes. Right. And because some kids, some are, kids are eligible. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some kids, kids are, are eligible. Playing. Yeah. None here, mind you, no, no kids moved to Norwalk. Just so you know, um, and I forgot to tell you this. The the one time uh, it was two weeks ago, I got a I got a an email from a coach uh, in South Dakota. Said, "Hey, coach, you know all these here here you guys are having football season in Iowa. Um, all these crazy move-ins with everything going on. Is it okay if you send me an updated roster with all the all the changes on your roster?" Yeah, it's actually really easy. I have not. No, nobody moved here. So our roster is exactly <laughs> the same as it was um, when you got it from Garrison Carter and the IFCA uh, last spring. Well, that's pretty cool that they thought we might get 
a moving. <laughs> yeah. Like we're moving worthy, you know, right. like sponge worthy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's quite an episode. So we're going to move on to uh, Papa Burger section. And of course, you know, the, the first thing I think we need to talk about is the non-sponsor. And you'll understand a little bit more uh, as we get through why the non-sponsor is what it is. But it's Peppers. Uh, it's a great place to to get uh, some food when you're in Cedar Falls, you know, especially if you're going to end up in the uh, in the dome watching something, whether that be a, a Shrine Bowl game, whether that be a, a semifinal game or a championship game or anything at UNI. You know, if you're up there in Cedar Falls, I would recommend stopping by Peppers. Um, two things from me. Now, you may disagree on the on the second, but the first one you and I agree on. Side note, I am not a Pepper Jack cheese fan, okay? However, the Pepper Jack cheese mozzarella or the, the cheese sticks at Peppers are dynamite. I would recommend those. The second one for me is you got to get chicken fingers up there. Their chicken strips are fantastic. So that would be my two. Now, uh, there's a lot of other really good things there, but the, if you're going – I'm recommending those two things. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of fun there over the years. So much fun. <laughs> you can hardly remember it all. That is true. That is true. Um, sometimes, sometimes you, you end up with um, things on you, like let's say, I don't know, pool chalk that just somehow ends up in places that you didn't know you, you were, you had it. But side note, um, peppers. I, I enjoy going to Peppers when we're in Cedar Falls. I, I just think, one, they've got good food, and then two, you know, it's a pretty comfortable place. And for us, um, from the IFCA, we always have a board meeting um, in July, right before the uh, Shrine Bowl. We always go to go to Peppers and have one of our um, our Shrine or our IFCA board of directors meetings. So that's a that's a good place. Um, anything else about Peppers? Do you have anything? No. No. Um, so the, the episode is called Wade Box. Why is it called Wade Box? Who is Wade Box? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Wade Box spent a majority of his career with the Boston Red Sox, and then he went to the New York Yankees. And then I do believe he finished with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time. Now they're just the Tampa Bay Rays, but at the time they were the Devil Rays, and I think that's where he retired. He is also known as Mr. Chicken. Why? Because before every game, 162 plus whatever he did in the playoffs, he had chicken in some form, whether that be a grilled chicken breast or chicken sandwich or chicken salad or, um, I mean, just go down the list of all the different things, shredded chicken. He just had chicken. So why, how is this tying to us? Well, it's going to end up being, that was his routine. His routine, whether it be superstitious or not, his routine was to have chicken before every game. We are going to talk about in-season routines. And again, can't tell you what, what anybody else other than myself does, you can speak to yourself, and then we're outside of that. You know, we we are unable to speak. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two things. One, I'm gonna give you an in-season routine Monday through Sunday, and then I'm gonna give you a little snippet of a of a postseason routine. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna hear your routine, and then I'll fill in that the exciting parts of my routine. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So Mondays for me, um, you know, typically Monday, I, I try to get out of bed really early because Monday for me, writing the script um, for the week is, is uh, it takes the longest time because that's when I'm trying to piece everything together from film and all that stuff. But on a typical Monday, I'm going to get up, I'm going to walk, I'm going to work out, and then I'm going to get all my stuff done. 
Um, I'm going to do my, my food prep, which takes the longest time um, to get ready to go. And then going to go to school, take care of business while I'm at school, you know, doing what I, I'm supposed to do, go to practice. And then if there's a home JV game, I'll go to the home JV game and then I will come home, um, which is usually a little later than, than normal, which is somewhere in between eight and eight 30. And then I'm going to take care of dishes, take care of water bottle refills and things like that to get ready for tomorrow. And then the next day, if it is just um, practice and the JV is away, then I will come home and um, do some food prep. But then I also will watch a little bit of film uh, on Monday night. And if there's Monday night football, I'll probably watch a little bit of that. So that's my Monday. Tuesday, very similar in that, uh, get out of bed, walk, work out. Um, and then while I walk, I try to listen to podcasts and I see Brene Brown is finally back, which is really good. She's been gone for quite a while. Um, <clears throat> she's back, do that, do practice plans, write the script, um, food prep, go to school. And then after practice is always, um, it, it's always for this, at, at this point in time, always offense watching film. You know, we, we try to force feed the, the kids some more film. And then Tuesday night is usually a night that I don't watch a ton of film. It's usually a night where I, I kind of take, take a little bit of a break, um, you know, and like tomorrow night going to end up, I'm going to try to mow when I get home and then we got to move some furniture because zero res is coming, take care of some uh, carpet cleaning. So that, that was, that's a Tuesday. Um, Wednesday for me it is um, a day in which, you know, get up, work out, walk, do the practice script and everything. And then Wednesday night, you know, and as I told you last week, that's usually when Matt comes over. And so Wednesday night, I'm usually pressed for time as far as um, once practice is done, watch film, same thing as Tuesday night, get home, um, try to get water bottles filled and try to get dinner um, down the old, the old hatch and then um, start getting ready for when Matt comes over. And then when Matt is done, that's typically a time where, you know, I, I usually do a little decompressing, whether I read or um, do something else as far as uh, um, before I go to bed, whether that and it varies. Then Thursday morning is typically a morning in which I usually sleep in a little bit, just from the standpoint that uh, I don't have to write a script because the script's already taken care of from Wednesday night when Matt came over. Um, walk, work out. Um, and then on Thursday on a typical year after practice is done, that's when I'm doing the stat packet. That's when I'm trying to take care of um, anything Friday pregame that I can take care of. That's usually when I get my email ready to send out to the coaches that I send out to on Friday. And then typically I would have a um, quarterback club meeting. Well, I don't have quarterback club this year. So now I'm home for dinner, which is unusual for a Thursday night. And then Thursday night is maybe watch a little film, but otherwise it's just kind of hang out with uh, mainly with Christy because Will's usually downstairs and then that's it. And then Friday, you know, get up and do the same thing. Um, if, if it's spirit breakfast, I get up really early and go to school, come back home, and then end up going out to spirit breakfast. Uh, and then, you know, I, there's usually a time after school and after our meeting and after nutrition table in, that, in which I have a little me time where I just kind of hang out, um, catch up on some things and gather some thoughts and then go to the game, come home, um, eat, you know, after the game. And then Saturday is film. And then after Saturday, well, I guess one thing I should back up and tell you is that I, I am trying to find time during the week to read. 
Um, and I'm reading right now, Earn the Right to Win by, uh, I almost said Jim Trestle, but it's not Jim Trestle. He's a cheater. What is his name from uh, the New York Giants? Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. That's who I'm reading. Tom Coughlin, yeah. Yep, um, reading that book right now and, and uh, it's pretty good. But try to find some time during the week to read, you know, and, that, and that's uh, just to get away from film a little bit and away from everything else. And that helps calm me down and center me a little bit. And then Saturday after, after film, and we don't, if, if we had little kids, you know, kindergarten, first and second graders, which they are absolutely exhausted. Um, then I am doing stats. I try to get those done on Saturday. Um, little side note for you, varsity bound. I forgot how long it takes to enter uh, and update the roster. So stats on Sunday took me two hours because I had to do, I had to do update. I had to go through the roster to make sure who's on, who's already entered. And I did no updates by the way. So if Tom Scallon last year as a junior was number 42, and he was 5'11 and 195 pounds. And now this year as a senior, he's still number 42. I don't care what position he plays. And I don't care if he is now 6'1 and 220 pounds. He's still 5'11, 195 pounds like he was as a junior. Didn't care. Then yeah, so you're, not, you're not hiding weights and stuff, huh? No. In fact, everybody's probably light. And so too much work to do. What yes. So went through, figured out who was on made notes on the, on the roster, and then went back in and entered all the new kids. And then entered stats after I took care of that. So <clears throat> do stats, and then, not going to lie, if I don't have anything going on Saturday, it is nap time. I am napping on Saturday afternoon. No doubt. Don't care if the Badgers are on. Obviously, they're not going to be on this year. Don't care if the Badgers are on. I don't care what game is on. I am napping at some point in time Saturday afternoon. Then Saturday night, everybody knows what happens on Saturday night. I fire pit because that is a time for that's usually one of the first times that Christy and I have a time to catch up and it. And it's just her and I on Saturday night um, hanging out and we just sit and talk and, and catch up on the week and, and find out what's all going on. And I, so from the time I'm done with stats, there is no football on Saturday for me that that's Norwalk football related. I am completely away from it. You know, and I talked to the kids tonight a little bit about that. And it doesn't mean that I don't care or I'm not upset that we didn't win or we, you know, I'm, I'm elated that we did win. What it means is that I'm now to the point where I'm comfortable pushing all that away and focusing on what's important for me, which is relaxing and, and getting away um, from all of those things. So that's Saturday. And then on Sunday, from the time I get up, if, unless I'm mowing, I may have to get mowing done on Sunday, but from Sunday on, um, all day Sunday, I'm, I'm working on watching film, getting roster, getting, getting uh, anything done that I need to as far as uh, the week to, to come. Um, and that's Sunday is usually a time for me to sleep in a little bit because I know the week is going to be, is going to get me, you know, and I didn't sleep in on Saturday. So that's kind of the week for me. And then, you know, the, the thing that I don't know how many people know that on Sunday night, we're done with our meeting. You know, and, and I wrap up a few things at school, which is usually somewhere between 9 and 9.30 um, Sunday night. Then I, I call Matt um, Franson. We've been doing that for years. I can't tell you how many years in a row we've done it, but we always talk on Sunday night after, the, um, after our meeting and just chit-chat about how things have gone because usually we don't catch up very much. So that's it in a nutshell for me um, as far as in-season routines. And, and I would tell you the three most important things for me 
number one is, is getting my rear end out of bed and, and doing either walking or working out or something. The second is reading during the week. I think that's very important for me. Um, and, and I'm talking from my sanity. And then I think the third thing is Saturday night fire pit. I don't, and, and pushing that, that football, everything football away on Saturday and, and focusing on nothing but catching up with Christy or, or just sitting at the fire pit. You know, if somebody, if, if we have a guest um, at the fire pit and just catching up with them, but um, those are probably the three most important things and aspects of, uh, of my routine during the week. Well, I, um, I would say for routine, uh, Mondays is making sure that the book is is set. I really, I should start. You started on Monday. I think I'm more of a start on Saturday. You know, game's over okay. Saturday. We watch films. Um, then after Saturday, from Saturday to Sunday, I have to gauge when Hugh's playing soccer and when Quinn's playing soccer. And then I have to start to pick and choose the times that I'm going to, you know, work on, on the things you do all day Sunday. Right. Um, I really, you know, I really like to be in there Sunday at three o'clock up until our meeting. Um, I know I need about an, yeah, I know I need about an hour of data hygiene. <laughs> I need about an hour. We talked of, about that last time, data hygiene. Yeah. An hour of creating the book and drawing the plays and, you know, um, the, when we label them really well, I can just pop them into the magic script and it, you know, it creates it all for me, but that doesn't always happen. And then just, you know, that leaves me, I try to have, so it's, it's like an eight hour deal, six to eight hour deal, how many games I'm going to watch. And then, you know, by the end of the year, we get so many games that I like to like spot check against it to see what else is out there. But, you know, so that's kind of the Saturday, Sunday where I'm different than you is, I'm going to DVR the Hawks for sure and the clones if I think I might have time. And then I'm going to try to watch them in like one hour. You know, that, I, I, that BTN in 60 was the, the best thing when they have that. Yes. So I, so I like to try to avoid hearing any scores for Iowa or Iowa State. Um, if I only have a little bit of time, it's Iowa. And then I'll go hide a little bit in the cave and just try to run through that game really fast unless we We've got family stuff going on, or I wait till late at night when everybody else is deciding to go to bed and watch it. It's just hard to, with everything that pops up on your phone, you got to be careful, you know. So you're not like, oh, you know, they won, they lost. But so that's kind of Saturday, Sunday. We do our Sunday night meeting, you know, after I've done the film and gotten the book ready and we have our talk and everything and meet with the defense. I like to, after that Sunday night meeting, I like to get home and try to watch the last quarter. Of fun of Sunday night football. Oh, you sure. Know, depends on, depends on. I well put it this way: since we've become more um, systematic, well, not systematic. Since we've been running the same system for so many years, game planning is a little bit more about the nuances than let's check this or let's do this or let's do that. Um, so you get to watch a little bit more, but it's nice to be able to watch you know a quarter of that game. Monday night, the same thing. Usually, I'm got practice and helping out with a kid's soccer team and then trying to catch a quarter of that game. Um, but I'm also watching a little bit of film and checking it against the book just to, you know, blocking assignments, things like that. Tuesday, we practice Tuesday night. I'll probably bring the book home and I'll 
take plays out. And, you know, like the other week you were like, well, where are the inside plays? And I'm like, here are the new inside plays. These are the ones I want you to run. Right. Because I'm, I'm trying to pull out plays that I feel like we have a good handle on and narrow in on things that we need more work. Um, Wednesday, I'll do the same sort of thing. And then we have um, some focuses defensively where sometimes we're third and long. You know, I know we do our situation against each other, but sometimes we want to see Indianola's third and long. Um, Wednesday night, I don't do much with things. Um, that's kind of a night where I'm away from stuff. I've tried to read more. You like to read your autobiographies and biographies, and I like to read science fiction because I don't want to know anything about the world. So, um, and then uh, Thursday's a night, another night where um, I won't do anything uh, game related. Other, well, that's not true. Um, I'll go through and create the call list. Yeah, I was going to say, cause there, there are times back in the day where you'd come into Spirit Breakfast on Friday morning and be like, hey, I really think that when that back is, is in front of the quarterback, it is run to the right 90% of the time. I just yeah. I watched that last night. So that, that is, I agree. I'm yeah. glad you changed that because I was going to argue with you on that. I, it's, it's almost like I forget it. It's just secondhand that at a certain time, I'm just going to go through and I'm going to ask myself a lot of questions and where, where do I think their tendencies lies? It's nice to have Bo and Don because um, Don is, he's like a, a fact checker when it comes to tendencies. He's the Jill Martin of tendencies. He's all over those things. And so we'll have discussions. Um, and then you have Bo who just seems to know football like the back of his hand. He's like, well, that doesn't matter. You just have to worry about this. So, um, it's always good to have those guys around. Um, and then Brandon telling me that it all doesn't matter anyway. We just got to get them ready to play. So Friday morning, we usually do spirit rectors Friday night. What are you doing this yeah. year? What'd you do last Friday? Slept in. <laughs> Slept. Slept in. Actually, I, I, I got to you. school. I, I was not expecting that to be the answer. I really Actually, wasn't. I didn't so sleep that's a great in. I didn't sleep in. I got to school early and started. Um, that was our first cohort day. And oh, yeah. I started working with administration. Um, and sometimes during the week, it's not a pattern. But if I don't get stuff done during the day, I got to work at night, you know, to make up for the time that I've lost. Uh, so then it's Friday night. Then it's your house. And it's either woe is me or we're awesome. And then um, we get rolling again on Saturday. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, we talked about what you do at the house on Friday night last week, you know, with the, yeah. uh, um, the data and, and uh, missed tackles and all those things and, and how you've changed what you're doing there. So that's a good thing. Yeah. It's it, the organizational part of football. Um, I like doing that, but I also wish um, at times that it was the full-time job because it sure seems like you could, you know, I've got to get my calls ready versus certain plays. And I try to call things worst case scenario. Like if they came out in this and we had this called, you know, will it work or will it not work? And I probably should have better done a better job of that last week versus Carlisle. I thought those calls looked good, but guess not. Um, um, I'm maybe laughing not. in agony, but not. <laughs> Well, Hookstra I, before the game, Hookstra before the game said, well, if the game wasn't going to be 
if the game wasn't going to go because of COVID, I was just going to call you up so you and I could sit down and have a chess match. Well, we didn't have much of a chess match. That's what uh, he said he was going to mention that to you, that, that if we couldn't play, that he was going to have you you and him do, do some sort of virtual chess match. Um, I, I just I, I think, you know, all the things that, that go on, it's important for us. And it's the same thing we talk to the kids about. You know, part of the reason why we want to watch film on Saturday morning is so that game from Friday night is put to bed. And then they can enjoy the rest of the weekend doing whatever, you know, and, and I think it's important for us to help them with that because, you know, as I told him today, if, if you can't let that go or you can't move on, um, you know, whether that be a good thing, you know, like you, because we won and we played great or we lost and we didn't play great. If you, if you can't move on and let go of what happened on Friday night and, and focus on you and your family and, and some of those things that are outside of football, you're going to have a tough time coping as you get older. So it's important for us to help the kids with that. And it's also just as important as it is for us to help them cope with it and deal with it and, and understand it. It's also important for us to model. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a good model. Sometimes I'm not. Well, we're human, you know, and I think it's important for us to remember that. I, I just, I want to make sure that people understand that I don't care any less about what happened on Friday night just because I, I push everything down and I, I don't focus on it, I don't worry about it on Saturday. I just, I don't. And, and it's taken me a long time to get there. There were times where that's all I did all weekend was fret and worry and be a miserable human being because I couldn't let go what happened on Friday. And that, you know, you talk about the dark ages of, of Norwalk football while we were here. And, and that's just, that's an awful way to live. And so for us to be able to to help and, and be at this point now, I, I am very thankful that I'm here. So I think that's important for us. And that's why I thought it was important for us to talk about in-season routines and, and being able to get away and being able to focus on things other than the football. Well, yeah. And it's all, like you said, teaching kids things, you know, the Quinn's team, someone came up and was like, Hey, kind of a tough game coach. And like, yeah, he's like, I heard you were missing your center though. I'm like, well, it was, it was a guard. And he's like, yeah, that probably made a big difference. I'm like, well, it would have made a difference, but I don't know if it made 45 to 14 different. I'm like, they were just better than us. And while I don't like to lose to them, I respect the fact that they were physical and outplayed us. And now we just got to do better, you know? And, and then he, then they get a little like, well, some of your guys could have done. I'm like, well, yeah, but I could also have prepared them better. So just trying to teach them, you know, but uh, even showing up at Fairway, I went and got some steaks to grill. I probably should have put that in the routine, usually grilling on Saturday night. Sure. And uh, and everybody that's there, oh, tough game, this, that, and the other. And it's like, yeah, well, it was, but we're going to move on. We'll get better. We'll keep working. You know. Yeah. And I don't know how everybody yeah. else takes that. You know, I don't know if I'm supposed to walk, walk in with a dark cloud over my head or a rainbow if we win, but. It, 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 you know, it's the right thing for kids to see and it's the right thing for adults to see that the sun did come up and we're just going to keep plugging away and see what we can do. Right. And, and important for us to focus on what's next, not what was, what was, you know, I think that's important for us. Um, and then the one thing that I wanted to throw in there, you know, there are three things for me um, once the season is done that are, that are vitally important for me to be involved in. And number one is, is state football. Obviously we'd like to play, you know, like in 2015, we missed state football because we were in it. We would like to be there 
Um, but if we're not there, it's important. You know, there, there's two things that take place at state football. Number one, um, we get our certificate if, if we make the playoffs. And, and that is, um, I don't know how the rest of the staff feels. You know, that first time that we got it in 2010, because we, we didn't get one in 2008 because it was just a play-in game. It wasn't actually the call. 2010 was that first time that we got to go to state football, get down on the field and, and go get our certificate at halftime or in between the third and fourth quarter. That, that was a huge deal for us. Huge deal. And I don't know if anybody else on staff feels the same way, but it is still a big deal for me. You know, I still get goosebumps when I'm down there on the field to get our certificate because we, we made the playoffs. We were good enough to be in. And I think that's important. And then the second thing at state football is just us getting away as a staff. Um, you know, not everybody goes, but those that do go, you know, we get to, we get to hang out and we watch the 3A game. Um, and then we go to Pepper's. And then, you know, we get up and, and everybody else comes home. I stay because I, I usually have a board of directors meeting now on that Friday afternoon. But it's just an important time for us to get away and be together. Um, the second one, do you have anything about state? Do you want anything or do you want to go all at the end? I guess I should have asked you that at the beginning. Well, I can go either way. No, I, state football is always a good thing to do. I mean, I, I enjoy doing that. Um, it always lies near Quinn's birthday. So yes, sometimes... You know, that's Quinn's birthday takes precedent over state football. So sometimes I'm I'm not there. But I, I agree for the same reasons, just to get to hang out with the guys and and you know, talk a little smack and watch games and see what other people do. Um, always always enjoy watching football. Yep, yep. And then for me and in our family, you know, Thanksgiving is a big is a big holiday because that's really the first time from fourth of July that we have an opportunity to get away together. Um, you know, I, I don't do very well with taking vacations in the middle of the summer. I don't. And this is something that you and I, meaning me and you, um, are, are going to have a discussion about coming out because, you know, Dale wants us to go fishing. And as I share, you know, it's easy for me to say yes now. But then as we start creeping closer, it's harder for me to, to, to get away. Um, and so Thanksgiving is a big deal, you know, and there for a while we, we were, we went to an NFL game on Thanksgiving day. We went to, um, we went to Detroit, watched the Packers play. Uh, well, I guess the Lions played too, but, but we weren't there to see the Lions and watch the Packers play. And then we have been to Dallas. Holy cow. I don't know how many times we've been to Dallas to watch the Cowboys play because that's Christie's favorite team. Um, and we, you know, we took the boys a couple times, um, down there, but, but Thanksgiving is a time for us to get away. And then there was a stretch there where we went to Kalahari and uh, Wisconsin Dells when the boys were just at the perfect age that the water park and the amusement park inside of Kalahari was, uh, was good. And we, we'd get away and go there for Thanksgiving. Um, but Thanksgiving is an important holiday for us because that's that first time post football that we can do something together as a family. Well, I, I was going to suggest July 4th as a time for us to go fishing, but I am pretty sure that there would be a large veto coming from um, some mother-in-law of yours. Yes, that, that would be that would be coming down from the Emmitsburg uh, area that no, we will not be um, doing anything. Now, I'm sure we're probably going to hear from Jan that she'll say, no, that would be okay if you wanted to go fishing, um, which then means instead of Jan saying no, then it would probably be Christy saying, no, you're not going fishing over a time that we're going to be together. So what's that? What's that line in Star Wars from Admiral Akbar? It's a trap. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much so. I would, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> uh, um, 
And then the last thing for me, you know, post postseason would be December, you know, and that's, that's a time for, that's the first season shotgun. Um, and that's a time for me to get away hunting. And that is something that I absolutely love to do. And so I'm going to make that happen every year. You know, and that's, that's one of those things that we get a group of guys together. Um, Dale's son and his buddy now, Peter and, and Brandon now come up from Florida. You know, we got Steve Castor and his son Aiden come with us. And then, and then we've got Dale's nephew, Brian. Um, the, that group of guys get together and we go hunting um, in December. And, I, and that's a very important time for me um, to be away. And that's something that I want to do. That's, that is a passion of mine is to, is to hunt. Well, I usually become a freeloader and uh, it's, it's uncle Tom time because it's too cold and the family doesn't want to go to football games with Dewey or um, Mark and Steph have season tickets. And so if they're, you know, open, they may invite me to come down. So I, I just freeload and tailgate and go watch college football, which I, I love going to those games. You know, the, the drive home from Iowa City is always a long one because Dewey's tickets are real and spectacular. Yes, um, yes. So. Tight parking, uh, though. You know, I just, be, tight is, is tight parking. Well, only if you drive a huge vehicle, which both you and Dewey do, so. True. No, it's true. uh, and they usually go with Dewey's. I think one time Dewey and Mark, we go to Iowa City, or um, Dewey and I, and maybe somebody else, but always Dewey and I and two of his Waukee guys. We all go, and I enjoy that. It's nice to nice to see those games. Um, you're not you're not have to worry about one of them this year, right now. You're only gonna have well, to worry about names. Yeah, Mark didn't Mark didn't re up his tickets. I, However, they're doing that. He pushed it, I think, to next year. So okay. he doesn't have season tickets this year either. And and I'll be curious to see. So a little side note for everybody. I don't know if the IFCA gets tickets to, to Iowa State. So, well, and usually Dewey and I watch Iowa and Nebraska on that Friday. Sure. After Thanksgiving, but they're not playing after Thanksgiving. I think it might be Iowa Wisconsin. Oh, really? Well, That's a bit canceled now. It was it was gonna be, and uh, Dewey and I were really excited about that because we were hoping that we could text you, you know, because the Hawkeyes were gonna surprise this year, uh, which could be. We don't know what's gonna happen. Or they or they could lose again. I, I mean, I would like that to happen, but I'm kind of biased to that. So. That is, that's, that's, you know, the two of us, as far as our routine, you know, if, if you feel like sharing, if, if anybody has got, uh, got a routine that they, they were pretty excited about, you know, and especially coaches that are out there that are listening, you know, what, what do you do in this in season to, to cope um, and to deal with things as far as uh, getting through the year, you know, and, and I would especially be curious to know from a basketball and wrestling side, you know, Chris Larson, Joe Martin, Todd Pearson, um, Brandon Schmitz as far as uh, Jake Brown you know what do you do during your your seasons because that season seems to be you know from November all the way to March that seems to be an extended season as far as time so what's going on there well well and Schmitz can't even be a farmer can he he can't nope. even be a fake farmer nope. well no he's still got to take care of the chickens still got to take care of the chickens they're laying eggs regardless of what happens so he's up at the crack of dawn well, I doubt that, but well, yes, because he's got he comes in at six a.m. or whatever for for practice Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, yes, I'm sure that is. By the way, a little side note about Brandon Brandon Schmitz. He, he saw me tonight and he said, "Hey, 
hey, send me the link. I want to be a call-in guy. I want to be a call-in guest tonight. So he was he was dying to get the uh, get the link so he could he could jump on and and be a, a longtime listener, first time caller tonight. Well, and uh, he did call me. He, he <laughs> called me to let me know that there was a controversy that Spencer the Grinch Greech might now be the defensive coordinator we need. <laughs> well, good job out of him. Yeah. That was a good game by them tonight. Okay. So moving on. We're gonna go, we're gonna go history. And here are the answers for the trivia question. Now I, I'm gonna get to question. Well, well, we'll talk about it. But but one of the questions is wrong. The 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 answer is wrong, or the question is wrong, really. It's asking an incorrect um question. So we'll we'll talk about that. Okay, so the first one. This former athlete is the only Norwalk athlete to receive the Iowa Bankers Association Student Achievers Award. Who is that student? Corey Anderson. That is correct. 2011 graduate, Corey Anderson, son of Lakewood Elementary Principal Jill Anderson. Brother, twin brother of Norwalk Athletic Hall of Fame, Kit Anderson. Warren, Warren Anderson is the father. Let's not yes. leave them out on this. <laughs> yep, there you go, there you go. Um, and uh, um, Kit and Corey are twins, just so you know that. This, here's the second question. This former athlete went on to play Division I basketball at Creighton. Sarah Hildebrand. That is a correct answer. Sarah Hildebrand, I do believe, is a 2000 graduate of Norwalk High School and went on to play basketball at Creighton. Okay. In what year and in what sport did Norwalk win two state championships in the same year and the same state tournament? Well, I got this one wrong when I told you the answers okay. after the last time. I mean, I know the answer now, which would yep. be basketball. Girls. Girls basketball. Yep, in 1981. Yeah. Okay. Who... Well, okay, so we'll talk more about that, that little tidbit right there, 1981, two state championships, because, and I'll, I'll talk more about that as we get to. Well, but it makes sense now. You should talk about it now. Yeah, but we're going to do how many state team championships. Okay. So that's where it's going to come back up. That's why I'm, I'm saying I'll talk about it later. This former head coach served as the head coach for three different sports in which two of those sports qualified for state and one of them won a state championship. Can you name all three sports and who the coach was? Well, it's Roger, the bells are off Huff, and it would be a cross country, softball, basketball. Boys basketball, right, boys basketball, because he was just an assistant for girls basketball under um, Brent Walker. And I don't think he was an assistant under Steve Wormerskirken, maybe, maybe lower level. Um, cross country, he took to state in 1993, and remember that was that was a little tidbit that Dustin Kralik helped us figure out um, in, in one of the other past histories when we were talking about boys cross country. Boys basketball did not make the state tournament, but he was the head coach. And then softball made the state tournament and won the state tournament in 2005. So that was his his state champion. So, who is currently the longest tenured head coach on the Norwalk staff? And I told you there were actually two answers to this. Who are they? I can't remember. Chris Larson, who is starting his 24th year 
I said Chris Harrison. Larson last time. You said I was wrong. I said that was one of them. Oh, okay. Um, starting his 24th year as the head boys basketball coach. And now this one, I don't know the years. I don't, I, and, I'm, and I should know the years, but I do not know the years. Steve Wormerskirken, head boys golf. That, yeah, that's a long time. Right? So those two, those two are the, the, the longest tenured. And I think Steve actually has Chris as far as years. Okay, so now we go the bonus round. The bonus round, this bonus is where the round. incorrect question, oh, sorry. I said bonus round. This is, it's almost like Atlas ball. It is incorrect. Here's the first question. Name the only two athletes, this is incorrect, to win three individual state championships in their high school careers and in what sport? This is incorrect. There's only one. And who is that one and what sport? Terry Amsbaugh, who's in the Hall of Fame for tennis. Correct, correct. Terry Amsbaugh, I do believe she was 96, nine, sorry, 97, 96, and 94. I think, I think she went freshman, junior, senior for her state championships in state tennis singles. And I could be wrong on that. The other one that is incorrect that he, that, that, that originally was thought to be correct is Randy Brown. He was only a two-time state champion and a one-time runner-up. He was runner-up in 81 and then he was first place 82 and 83. Well, so we we're I just trying to hype him up. We're just trying to hype him up. Incorrect um, question. So I apologize. It should have just been named the only athlete to ever win three individual state championships. And now here is the, here's the big one. How many state team championships has Norwalk won in school history? What's your answer? I counted them up the other day. Uh, 13. That is a correct answer. Now, how did we get to 13? This is where things get tricky. Okay. Yeah. Soccer I got this, four. I got this wrong because I didn't count this. Soccer got four or has four. Yes. Baseball now has three. Boys basketball has one. Softball has one. I was incorrect. Softball did not win any fall state championships. I think they were runner-up twice and then made the state tournament several times. Girls basketball has four. Okay, this is where things got tricky because initially this question I do believe we gave, I think 11 was the answer, but then came back and then you, if you read number seven, in what year and what sport did Norwalk win two state championships? So we won the small class in 1980 lost the overall all-class state championship. So we had one there. Then in 1981, came back, won the small class and won the big class. So they got three in those two years. And then they won in, what year was that, 2009? Seven, that they won the state championship um, again. So that's where their four came from. So your soccer with four, baseball with three, girls basketball with four, boys basketball with one, Softball with one for 13 state championship, team state championships in Norwalk history. Little fun tidbit there. How was that for trivia? Did you enjoy the trivia? Yeah, I like the trivia. I think it's always cool when you have a little tidbit like that that screws up the count. You know, that yeah. you win one title, but you didn't win the overall title because they don't have those anymore. Correct, correct. That, that is no longer, and it was six on six, which also is not around. 
Um, and then, and then a little teaser as we get ready to go, um, we're going to do the history of volleyball coming up. And, and just so you know, volleyball did not start Norwalk until 1989. Wrap your mind around that. That is, in my opinion, remarkable. Okay, moving on to the positive, you know, and I, I had three of them, um, whittled it, tried to decide which way to go. And I just felt like this one was the most important one. And, and, you know, you, you can, you can criticize me all you want about, about my critical comments about the association and the girls union, about some of the things that they're doing, you know, whether with the eligibility and, you know, being vague and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think Tom Keating and Gene Berger, um, the executive director of, of Tom is the executive director of the boys association and Gene is the executive director of the girls union. I think they deserve a lot of credit um, and a lot of positive recognition over the fact that we are playing sports right now, you know, and, and, Last spring, tough time. Couldn't, couldn't figure out a way to get it done. They decided with a little push from the governor's office to get things done for baseball and softball, and they made it work. They figured out a way to get it done. Had a state championship, got it all taken care of. And now here we are in August with all these states across the country that have decided to postpone or cancel and move and, and do all of these different things. We are participating in fall sports right now. And I think that is a remarkable job by both Tom and Gene to get that going and to put us in a position where we have an opportunity to do it. We may not get all seven games in, but we got one in and we are practicing and we are, and we are moving forward. And I think that that is remarkable and a job well done by Gene and Tom. Especially since, you know, we're, we're hybrid at the high school um hybrid 612 i should say and you don't get a the what did i tell you the school class sizes are now the same size as when i started as assistant principal in 2000 you know there's 120 kids i mean it's just and we've added so many many more buildings you know the remodeling the more square feet that we have we've got kids you hardly see any kids right you know um this gives us an opportunity to talk about the things that kids need, like we talked earlier, things they need to know as they grow older. You, know, you don't dwell on a loss, don't dwell on the negative, move forward. Uh, you know, that's what athletics is really here to teach, you know, how to become, for football, how to become young men and hopefully some young men with integrity. And uh, if you don't get to see them, you can't, you can't push those life lessons. And I think, you know, we're in a we're in a um, a dangerous time in that if we continue to keep our kids at home without any any release or any chance to to be social or any chance to compete and and do something other than sit at home in the house and and you know look at things online, um, we're we're in trouble. You know, not not just from a, a physical activity standpoint, but I think also from a mental health standpoint. And so I I, th I just I think. Gene and Tom deserve, you know, huge mad props for um, putting us in a position to to be able to get this going. And and like I said, it may not it may not finish the way that we want, but right now we have an opportunity. And I think that's all we can ask. And I think that that uh, that's huge for us and huge for the kids and and huge for our community. You know, uh, um, I thought we had a great turnout at Carlisle last uh, on Friday night, and I thought we had a pretty good crowd tonight um, at the JV game. And I'm sure. Thursday night we'll have a decent crowd for the freshman game, and Friday night Indianola coming to town. I think we'll we'll end up with a good crowd, and I think people are people are excited to see 
what's going on, you know, even though things didn't fare well for us, um, but we were still playing football on Friday, and, and I think that's important. I agree. It was it was uh, everything, but the the outcome of the game was right. exciting. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think in in closing, um, there's a lot of positive things going on in this world, and and I think we need to do a better job of focusing on that. You know, I sent a tweet out this week because I heard an awful lot of people complaining about, you know, oh, we're back in we're back in hybrid, and we're back at this, and we're back at that. I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference what we do. There's going to be people complaining. But remember what life was like back in March, April, and May, and June, you know, where we weren't doing things and, and life was almost to a standstill. Us being out and doing something is important. And, you know, I think one of the other things I put in there was it's easy to wallow. It's tough to soar, but we've got to figure out a way to soar anyway. And I think it's important for us to remember that as we move forward. Um, and I, I couldn't be more excited about the fact that we have an opportunity. And I know I said that now four or five times, but it, it's, it's important. Well, kids are going to be doing stuff, and do we want adults to help guide them in some of the stuff they're doing? Obviously, you and I have never said we need to control all elements of their life, but do we want adults to be guiding them? You know, Quinn's running cross-country. Heard his coach talk a little bit tonight about feed off the energy of each other while you run. I mean, sending them good, positive things about what they're doing. And so we can either just turn them loose to hang out with each other and do whatever, or provide some guidance on, on things that we think will be life less. Right, and I, very important for us. I prefer the latter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very important for us to have a hand in that. And I mean, that, that's part of the reason why I think athletics are so important is because we do, we have a different side of, of developing the young person into a young adult um, and then you know, releasing them to, to the world you know, after they get out of high school. So I think that's why um, it's important for us to be back. And, and I'm thankful for Tom and Gene for making that happen. Yeah. Well, you and I have both had uh, mentors in our life that meant a lot to us. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're trying to give back now. Right. And and little side note, old Al Minert, um, you know, my, one of my former head coaches back in high school, um, he's in Wisconsin. And so they're not, they're not playing and he's retired, um, but he's still part of my Friday um, email and I sent him an email of course he sent back right away saying hey we're not playing um, so you know appreciate the well wishes but um, we're not playing and so I just said well I mean you're on my list so it doesn't matter it's not you're, you're not not going to get excluded and he came right back and he just said you know I don't I don't really care if we're playing or not I'm just happy to hear from you you know and, and, and check in on me and check in on you and things like that so um, it, it's important that once you do get these mentors, you know, and you, and you get these coaches that um, I, I don't know that you, we, we don't know the impact that we have, you know, or the, or the, the possibility of the impact that we have and, and, you know, where some people are and, and the things that they think of us and the things that they, they remember of us um, because it's not very easy for kids and, and even us to come back and tell people, you know, what they did for you when they were younger and things like that. But we know that it's important just because of the experiences we've had. So we got to keep making sure we, we keep moving on that. Got anything else? Okay. Nope. So we just finished episode 17, Wade Boggs of talking the walk. Um, and of course our non-sponsor, we want to thank them. You know, again, the uh, pepper Jack cheese sticks uh, recommended. And, and for me, the, uh, uh, the chicken 
strips or the chicken fingers are, are absolutely delicious at Peppers in uh, Cedar Falls. And I think that's the only one that they have. Maybe they have a second one. Maybe there's one in Waterloo. But for sure, the one uh, just down the road from the, uh, from the Unidome, Peppers. Um, so you got anything back, you know, that you want to give back to us as far as feedback? If you've got a routine or, or something that you do that we didn't touch upon that uh, is important for you, make sure you share it with us and we'll, we'll talk about it. And, and, you know, as always, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And, and um, we were 20 listens short overall to be at 100 for an average on all 16 of our episodes up to this point. You know, and I told you last time how can't thank you enough for listening. So we appreciate you tuning in and, and apologize for the break, but hopefully we'll be back on Saturday while your uh, knee is, is recovering from Thursday. And uh, I thank you for listening. And I'm Paul Patterson signing off. I'm Tom. Tom. Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show. Yeah.